hope all is well. Thank you for tuning in to New Creation Church this morning. I hope that praise and worship excited you, uh, got you in just an awesome uh, piece about yourself right now and praising God that he's all in your heart and your minds. So I want to thank you and welcome you again. I'm Pastor George Thomas here at New Creation Church. So I hope you're ready for a word. Amen. If you got a second, who uh, go ahead and tag somebody and say, Pastor, about to preach. A guy has put something on my heart uh, today. And then looking at the way the world that was going, I, I know God had really literally spoke to me definitely on this message and said, Lord, uh, I need you to say something to my people. Amen. So today, if you have your Bibles, your tablets, and phones, we'll be in 2 Corinthians. You can turn there later, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1, you can turn there later. Amen. But I want to say as follows. It was said by the late great black theologian James Cone, suffering naturally gives rise to doubt. How can one believe in God in the face of such horrendous acts, such as, such as slavery, segregation, and the lynching tree. Under these circumstances, doubt is not a denial, but an integral part of faith. It keeps faith from being sure of itself. But doubt does not have the final word. The final word is faith giving rise to hope. Over this last week alone, we have been faced with so much in our country. I mean, we're still dealing with the pandemic has just recently claimed over three million lives worldwide. Uh, we're still on the heels of a presidency that still has our country divided. We thought we were out of an era progressing to something new, but it seems like we're going back in time. On top of that, we have to deal with what police brutality still going on. I mean, the horrendous visuals of George Floyd and Ahmed Aubrey are still fresh in our mind. And why George Floyd's killer uh, is still on trial right now in Minnesota, yet another young unarmed black man, Dante Wright, is killed at the hands of police. Not to mention, I'm dealing with the pandemic, the presidency, the police brutality. Then I got to throw in my own personal problems. Yeah, then I got my own issues. Maybe they are financial issues that I'm dealing with, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Maybe it, it, it's my relationship issues, whether it be with a significant other, my spouse, or, or maybe even my children. Then on top of that, maybe it's my mental issues that I'm dealing with. And my heart goes out to everyone affected by the tragedy at the Fed's facility that we've seen this week. I mean, while all this is going on, it seems like we can't catch a break. Well, it may seem that way, my brothers and sisters, I come to encourage you today. I want you to understand that God is near. He has heard our cry. He hasn't turned his back. And if you just let him have your heart, you will find, watch this today, subject comfort in Christ. Yeah, yeah, that's the message today. Comfort in Christ. Uh, I'm reminded by the Apostle Paul today who wrote a letter to the Church of Corinth. And he has some encouraging words for them about suffering. Amen. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 says this. All praises to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. I got to stop right there. Somebody missed that shout. Amen. Y'all know me. Y'all know PG. I got to get you when you miss your shout. Uh, he started off and said, all praises to God. Uh, I don't know where you are right now, but I dare you right now to begin to give all praises to God. I love this. Paul said, all, oh, not some, 
Not a few, but everything. How many people know besides me that without God, you wouldn't be nothing, wouldn't have nothing. You should be dead on the side of the road. You should be spending the rest of your life in jail. You should have STDs. You should be dead, lying in the grave. But all praises go to God. Why? Because he has kept you. He has delivered you. He has held on to you. All praises to God because he has kept your family safe and healthy. Paul wants us to understand that all praises belong to God. All, not some, not a few. We got to learn how to give God all of our praise. And then he says this, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. He makes a distinction distinction of who God is. All praises belong to God, but God is the father of Jesus Christ. Uh, not an Allah, not a Buddha. No, no, no. All praises belong to God, the father of Jesus Christ. He said who is our merciful father and is the source of all comfort. I love that. I love that. Paul is using the word all again. Not only does he deserve all the praise, but he is the source of all comfort. What is a source? Source is where something originates from. Source is where all of it starts. And amen. All of us that have what? Electricity in our house. And we, have, we can flip a light switch and the lights come on. We can plug up something, our phones, and they will charge. We will plug up a video game or plug up the internet and it works. Wow, we have all this electricity flowing through our, home, our homes, right? But it comes from a source. <laughs> if we don't pay that bill, come on. Somebody going to show up and they're going to cut off that source. And it don't matter how many times you flip that switch, ain't nothing happening. It don't matter how many times you plug it in and plug it out, ain't nothing happening. No, no, no. So what you got to understand is you got to give God some grace and some mercy and some love because he is the comfort of all your source. He is the source of it all. So if God is my source, then I know I have comfort coming sooner or later. And then verse four says this. He comforts us in all our troubles. So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Wow, I love that. I love that. I love that. He's saying, look here, y'all, that when God comes to comfort you, it ain't just about you. No, 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 no. When God comes to comfort you, you should be willing to give that comfort to someone else. That's why my heart goes out to those who had to deal with that FedEx shooting. Amen. Those who have lost Family members, those who are family members of the person who was the shooter. There's so much, so many things that play into that. So we got to pray that God gives them comfort. But not only that, anyone that knows them or is a Christian that can be around them or ever gets a chance to be in their presence, we got to provide some comfort to them. And some comfort might simply just be praying for them right now. And you might can't get close enough to the situation, but you can get close enough to God. And you know that God hears our prayers, that he attends to our prayers, that God hears it all. So we must understand that God, that comfort isn't just about me. When you are going through a situation, a trial, a tribulation, you must be willing to offer that same comfort to someone else. Amen. So look at this. I want to make sure, watch this, we have a healthy perspective, perspective of the word comfort. Because many of us think this, that if we receive comfort for God, that means all our troubles should go away. <laughs> That's how we view comfort, comfort, comfortable. Well, if I'm not in any pain, I'm not in any trouble, I don't have any problems, well, that's comfort. But if that was the case, if God, if our definition of comfort fit God's model and God kept all trouble and all things away from us, how many of us would really call on God? 
<laughs> if we never had any issues, if we never had any problems, and everything was perfect and moved exactly how we wanted to move, how many how many of us were really called upon the Lord? How many of us were really invite God in our situations? No, no, no. It's when that suffering comes in, then God can come in and work on us and bring some comfort to our life. So don't get it twisted. Sometimes, watch this, the suffering is what gets us to God. I don't know about you, but me and my own personal life, it was my suffering, my hurting is what led me to God. We got to understand that our pain, God relieved all of our pain, we probably wouldn't praise him. Uh, if he relieved all of our pain, how would he know what we were praising him out of love or because we were getting exactly what we wanted? Amen. So, so the next thing we want to talk about right, real quick is there are different types of suffering. Paul is talking about a specific suffering right here, but I want to make sure I'm clear because I want a, a healthy perspective of comfort. So I want to make sure I'm clear about the suffering. See, different types of suffering. See, one way of suffering, watch this, we could be suffering from our own sins. Come on. We could be suffering from our own sins and bad decisions. And in that instance, we cannot blame God for our problems. No, no, no. We got to understand that we had a part to play, that we made these decisions. And now, as the old school said, you made your bed, now you got to lay in it. Amen. That because I made these decisions, that is the reason I'm suffering. One time, my brother came to me, beautiful brother. I loved him. He had about uh, seven kids by six different women. And he said, Pastor, I'm going through. Uh, I mean, I'm tithing now. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm taking care of my kids. But this child support is kicking my butt. I said, I understand, my brother. Keep praying. Keep trusting God. Keep tithing. Keep taking care of the kids. Because, because God delivers, delivers us from our sins, but not our consequences. I'm preaching probably better than somebody responsive. Yeah, yeah, I get it. God forgave you for making those babies uh, out of way. Like, God forgive you and still love you. But you still got to deal with the repercussions of your choices. So some of our suffering, watch this, can be self-inflicted. And when it's self-inflicted, we can't go to God like he's the problem. No, 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 baby. We got to look at the man in the mirror. So some suffering, watch this, is because of our own sins and bad decisions. Then some suffering, watch this, is because of the sin of others. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes somebody else's sin put us in a bad situation. Somebody else's motives who lied, tricked, and abused us and misused us put us in a bad situation. Some of our, some of our suffering that we may be dealing with now is because someone else, the, the, the enemy got into their mind and got into their heart and caused them to use and abuse us and it's a trick. Some of that is just messed up. So we got to go to God to help us to deal with that suffering so we can recover, so we can be redeemed and let the enemy know, yeah, you might have had a plan for me when I was little. Yeah, you might have let that person come into me and try to destroy my life. But what you meant for evil, come on somebody, God meant for my good. Can I get a shout right now to praise that what enemy meant for evil? God meant for your good. It doesn't matter what the enemy did and who he used to try to sin and get you off track. Who he used to try to mess you up and delay your destiny. No, baby, no. I'm still going to give God all the praise because even though you meant it for evil, God still meant it for my good. But there's a different type of suffering I also want to address. If we look at 2 Corinthians 1 and 5, it says this. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us, shower us with his comfort through Christ. Woo! I love that right there. He says, look here, the more we suffer for Christ. So Paul is implying that suffering for the gospel's sake, that, that we are suffering for Christ. Amen. Because we are doing his ministry, we are suffering. Because we are spreading the good news, that is the reason we are suffering in our Christian, in our culture. Uh, in America, Christianity is kind of the cool thing to be. 
Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's cool to be saved. It's cool to, to want the blessing and the benefits of God. But if we look at the original, the first ones, the first Christians, the first followers of Christ, it wasn't sweet and rose petals. No, baby, no. They were literally getting persecuted because of their faith. The original apostles and Christians faced persecutions for their faith, not applause. Yeah, they, they, they weren't applauded. They, they weren't looked up because of their faith in Christ. No, they faced persecution and hatred all because they believed in Jesus. But he said in their suffering, God still showered his comfort on them. Woo, I love that right there. He still showered his comfort on them. And in the word in the Greek right there that is talking about shower, it means superabound. That God superabounded his comfort upon them. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me let me have it so you can feel it. Uh, my daughter Destiny. It was a time in the house that everybody wanted to take a shower in my bathroom because I had a new shower head and the water was good. It was coming down, splash, hitting everybody good. So I'm like, why is everybody coming into my bathroom? Amen. Nobody want to go take a shower in in the other bathroom. Everybody's running to me and Lady Thomas' bathroom. So I go and look at her bathroom. Finally, I look at it, and, and because we would be in the house, the water gets hard. I guess it kind of covers up the shower head. So I take that one out. Put a new shower head in, and now the water's beaming down. Next thing I know, ain't nobody in my shower, amen, because they got a bun shower. Come on, you know the difference between a little bit and a lot. You know the difference between a little bit and a lot. And when you get a little bit, when God begins to shower things upon your life, it feels a whole different presence when the shower is hitting you right. So God says, look here, I'm a super abound. I'm a shower you with grace and mercy and comfort. Paul says this, but we got to be careful because the enemy thinks this. That he will make us turn our backs on God in the heat of suffering. Because if he can get us to not focus on God in the midst of our suffering and focus on our anger. Come on. It wouldn't even be no murders if it wasn't for anger. Jesus said, look here, look, I, I know murder is wrong, but I'm going to tell you being angry at your brother is wrong. Because anger is the beginning of murder. That, that, that is that anger. It is that bitterness that gets into us, that suffering that leads to bitterness and being angry at God and at people and everyone around me. Maybe the people in my household, maybe my parents. It just causes bitterness and strife and malice and that suffering. What does it lead to sometimes? That suffering leads to depression. We are depressed. Don't want to be around nobody. Don't want to talk to nobody. That suffering sometimes leads to self-hatred. It causes us to be all toe up from the floor. But God said, look here, if you suffer from me and come to me, I will shower you with my comfort. Amen. We must understand this, that God wants to shower us with comfort. And in showering us with his comfort, what does that mean? It means I'll receive strength in my suffering. It means I'll receive some encouragement in my suffering. And I got hope to deal with all my troubles. Praise God. Amen for that. And I got some hope in me to deal with this pain and this problem that I might, and this predicament that I might be in right now. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians 1 and 6 for me real quick. It says, besides, if we suffer, it brings your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, we can effectively comfort you when you endure the same sufferings we endure. Woo! Uh, Paul is preaching right there to that church in Corinthians. I love his letter he's writing. He's making his stance known on suffering. Uh, his stance on suffering was undeniable. He says, my stance on suffering, it does not change my view on God. Come on. I need somebody to grow up with me. I need some mature saints in here with me today. I need some mature saints, some people that know God for themselves, that know Jesus is Lord, that know him and worship him. Because he said, look at this, that my suffering 
It does not change my view on who God is. Yeah, yeah. That I might be suffering right now. That I might be going through a situation right now. That it might seem impossible to others, but it's possible. Everything is possible through God. That I might be in the midst of a problem, suffering right now, and it seems like I can make it. But something in me tells me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, it might seem like I'm suffering right now. That I might not have enough. That I might be in lack right now. I might not have enough of what I need, whether it be spiritual. Physically, uh, 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 monetary, whatever it may be, but something in me resonates and says, My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It might seem like all things are going to chaos, everything is going to hell. There is a struggle right now, and everything around my life, things are not lining up as they should. But something resonates in me that says, All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God said, Look here, you got to understand. You cannot change your view on God Just because you're suffering You cannot change your view on God Just because you're going through In fact, that should make you pursue God more That should make you get heat on God You should be able to come to God more and more and more Because there's troubles that I'm going through I need God to fix them Because my mama can't fix them My daddy can't fix them My wife can't fix them My kids can't fix them No, baby, only God can fix this issue That I'm going through right now So I'm not running to every situation I'm not running to every outlet No, 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 I gotta run to God because he is the only one that I know can fix my situation. Woo. Look at the text, 2 Corinthians 1 and 8, y'all. He says this, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be ignorant about the sufferings we experience in the providence of Asia. It was so extreme that it was beyond our ability to endure. We even wondered if we can go on living. Wow, now Paul's getting to the deep things. He's telling them about his personal experience that he had in the providence of Asia. And he said it was so uh, horrific that I didn't even know if we was going to be able to endure it. It was so horrible. I didn't even know if we was going to be able to live and make it out. And while we don't know everything that Paul went through in the providence of Asia Minor, we get a small glimpse in Acts 19. Read it in your spare time. I'm going to put a little PG on it real quick and, and kind of go through it and summarize it. But in, in, in Acts 19, Paul was headed down to Ephesus. He was going to Ephesus to do what he does. Paul's going to preach the gospel. Paul's going to help them get some understanding. Some brothers there that know about Jesus and heard about the baptism of John, but haven't heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. So Paul said, it's work to do. I got a post up right here and teach people about Christ. So Paul's doing what Paul does. He's living there, spreading the gospel. Everything seems cool in the game. He's in the synagogues teaching people about the word of God. Well, by his time in this place, watch this, things begin to change. Uh, a brother named Demetrius who makes silver uh, for idols for a, a goddess named Artemis, a Greek goddess. He makes idols. And so him and some other brothers get together and say, hold up. Uh, this Paul preaching this Jesus is messing up our money. <laughs> Ain't it funny when money get messed up? That's when things start to get messed up. That when you start messing up somebody's money, that's when they come for you. Amen. But but hey, say look here. Uh, this Paul, he's preaching Jesus. People don't want our silver idols, and it's bad for business. We got to get this brother up out of here because he's bad for business. I don't want to hear this Jesus stuff. So they begin to uh, get together and get into a coliseum. A big riot breaks out. It's crazy in there, and I'm looking at all this stuff that's going on in Acts 19. I'm like, wow, all because he 
was doing nothing else but preaching Jesus. And then I think about Paul's life, how many times he was beaten and whipped and put in jail just for preaching Jesus. It's a trip. Then I think about Paul, how ultimately he had to die at the hands of a, a, a Neo, a Roman emperor who beheaded Paul, cut off his head. Why? For nothing else, for being a Christian. It's a trip when you get killed for nothing else but trying to do the right thing, but just trying to do what God has called you to do and do the right thing. It's a trip when that happens. So I'm looking at it and saying, man, they hated Paul really for no reason. He wasn't bothering nobody. It made me think about me in America and our plight, us dealing with racism. Ooh, I'm going somewhere. Follow me. If we had to take this letter from antiquity to modernity, take this letter that Paul wrote in the first century and brought it kind of to our modern times, I would think about our brothers and sisters that went before us. If you don't mind, and it's okay, can I just be unapologetically black for a quick moment real quick? Yes, I am a pastor. I, 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 don't, I don't put my blackness over my Christianity. Yes, but I am black, and that's something I can't change. If you can give me a minute and let me let you let me show you something in the Bible real quick. Uh, uh, if I could rewrite it, or if I think maybe my ancestors would rewrite this letter to us today, amen, it would say this. Uh, verse 8, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be ignorant about the sufferings we experienced in the province of America. Woo. <laughs> it, it, it was so extreme that it was beyond our ability to endure. We wondered if we could go on living. My God, my God, it's a trip. Can I just talk to my beautiful black brothers and sisters for a minute, especially this younger generation, my generation and under? I don't want you to be ignorant, as Paul told them about his sufferings in Asia. I don't want you to be ignorant about our sufferings in America. Amen. There's no doubt about it that we had to deal with slavery, and slavery was wrong. They took people from their hometown and bought them on boats and ships and did them like cargo, bought them here and sold them as property and treated them. Like animals, when all men were supposed to be created equal, they said we were three-fifths of a man. It was cold-blooded how they did this. They separated families. They took people and whipped them and beat them. It was so wrong. And on top of that, watch this. The people that was already misused Christianity to justify what they was doing because God told them to go and dominate the world. They said, we're going to dominate people. No, no, no. He gave us dominion over animals and beasts of the field and beasts of the sea. We're not beasts of the sea. we human beings just like you. And just because some cold-blooded people try to take God's word and misuse it and justify it. it began an ugly scenario for people of color amen that slavery went on from 1619 to 1865 to after the civil war that's a long time to get free labor that's a long time to have families broken up that's a long time to have our women raped and mistreated it's a long time to have brothers beaten and whipped and couldn't take care of their families it's a long time to be called a boy when you were grown man it's a trip it's a long time to be dealing with them but then that wasn't even really the freedom because juneteenth we know June 19th, 1866 That wasn't until the really the last brothers was free Because they didn't even know they was free They were still being kept uh, captive as slaves They didn't even know they won the war So we celebrate Juneteenth And then I can't make you be, let you be ignorant about our suffering in America We went through Jim Crow era, amen Where they shut us out of jobs Where they kicked us out of school And segregated us from their schools They kept us out of their neighborhoods They kept us in over-policing and putting us to jail Then we had the civil Civil rights movements where we were fighting for civil rights. I just don't want you to be ignorant about what's going on in our plight in America. That civil rights was a real thing. We had to fight to get equal rights and civil rights to be treated right, to sit on a bus, to live where we wanted to live, to even vote in America. We had to go through all that. And then after that, they killed our leaders and put drugs in our community and put guns in our community. And it's an ongoing fight that we're still dealing with today. But I don't want you to be ignorant. I get it. All oh, that's evil. All oh, that's messed up. But because because of misrepresentation of God, 
Woo! There are people that are pro-black that want us to believe that Christianity is a white man's religion. Come on. Because people are pro- I told you I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian, but I'm unapologetically black at the same time. I have a black son. I have black daughters. I have a black wife. All of that is important as well. So we must understand because some people misrepresented God and did things the Bible didn't say do. People that are pro-black who say we got to go back to Egypt. We got to go back to Africa. This the white man's religion is what they want us to believe. And if you're not careful and don't use your brain, you can get caught up in that same mess. Because do you know that, 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 that in the book, the Bible, that Joseph, the, the, the Israelite Joseph married an uh, Egyptian woman, a uh, woman from Egypt. Moses married Ethiopian women that there were when God took them from the promised land that there were Africans intermingled with the Jews. Uh, Do you know and understand that that when um, in the gospel of Acts, in the book of Acts, that Philip goes and talks to an Ethiopian man who was of much stature, was trying to read the scripture and get some understanding to even have some scripture in that day. You had to have some money, some power, some prestige. And he begins to tell him about Christ and baptize him. He goes back to Ethiopia with the gospel. Do you know that, that the churches in Africa, there are some, some from the third and fourth century. My God, that means they were in the third, that third and fourth century. That means that slavery didn't happen to the 16th century. So there are some 1300 year gap between black people receiving the gospel, the good news of Christ, and never had a white man to tell him who he was, never had to get whipped and beat to believe who he was. No, baby, no. I need you to be understanding. I don't want you to be ignorant. About our sufferings, because there are some sufferings, but don't be ignorant that the devil twists your mind to still think Jesus is not the answer for the world today. To still think Jesus is not the answer to our problems, that Jesus is not the one who can fix them, who can heal, who can set us free and be delivered. Woo. One last thing I'm going to talk about real quick before I'm gone. Thank you for letting me go on my uh, soapbox. Is suffering has a purpose. Yeah, yeah, can't miss that. Yeah. Suffering has a purpose. Second Corinthians 1 and 9. In fact, we still feel as if we're under a death sentence. But we suffered so that we would stop trusting ourselves and learn to trust God who brings the dead back to life. Woo. I think this, we need to start normalizing the resurrection all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The resurrection, Easter Sunday. We need to start normalizing it because it's not just to be celebrated in April. It's not just to be celebrated one day on the calendar, one Sunday every year. No, no, no. It's to be celebrated every day. Why? Because us who believe in God, the Father of Jesus Christ, who believe Jesus Christ died and sacrificed himself for us, who rose from the grave, us that believe that are living proof that the resurrection is real and it has power because it changed our lives. Paul says we are under a death sentence. And I get that. See, Paul was dealing with persecution. And us in America, we're not really dealing with persecution per se, that we can't be killed for being a Christian. But we best to believe in other countries right now, in India and China's and Korea's and these places, Iraq, that you can literally be killed for just being a Christian. Ain't that crazy? My God, imagine the faith they have to have to stand on that and say, you know what, I'm still going to love and trust God. Even if it costs me my life, we have, that's, the, uh, that's what we have to get to as believers. But look at this. Not only do you have a death sentence from persecution, but every day we wake up, we are closer to our death sentence. Come on. What you mean, Pastor? Every day we wake up, we are closer to our death sentence. Uh, and once we hit 40 and 50, praise God, 
We got we likely got more days what behind us than we got ahead of us. Right? Am I right or am I wrong? We likely got more days behind us than we have ahead of us once we start getting a certain age. So the death sentence and the suffering should lead me to what? Stop trusting in ourselves. Woo! Ain't that a trick? How much we trust ourselves when we lie to ourselves? How much we trust ourselves and we don't always do what we say we're going to do? How much we trust ourselves and we can be thick and one minute we hot, one minute we cold, one minute we want to, one minute we don't. And we put so much trust in ourselves. He says, no, we got to stop trusting ourselves and learn to trust God. Come on, somebody. Uh, you got to learn to trust God. Trusting God ain't something that just happens overnight. Trusting God ain't something that happens just because you said, I love you, Jesus, and I come to worship you. No, baby, no. Trusting comes from tests, from trials, from tribulation. It is only in those times of difficulty you can really know, do you trust God? And you got to learn to trust God. You got to be presented with situations and circumstances. You got to look at them and say, am I going to fall back on my old ways or am I going to learn to trust God? Even though I may not understand, even though I may not want it, even though it may not make sense to me right now, it still doesn't matter. I got to trust God. I got to fall back on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. But in all my ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct my paths. Can I preach to you for a second and say you got to learn to trust God. It ain't something that's going to happen by chance. You got to learn to get on your knees and pray through the problem. You got to learn to worship in the midst of the chaos. You got to learn to pick up your word and read. Even when you might not feel like it, you got to learn and see what God says about you in your life. You have to learn to trust God just like you had to learn to be on that job. This is how you had to learn to play that sport. This is just how you had to learn to work out that problem. You had to learn everything else in life. Don't get it twisted. God is God can make it happen, but we got to learn to trust him. See, we got to learn to trust God all the time because I know this, when God is good to us, when we get what we've been asking for, and God uh, showers us with a blessing, and we're happy, we finally got what we've been asking for. Watch this. It leads us really, in most cases, to trust ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? We, we ask God to do something for us. We ask God to make this thing happen. And then he finally makes it happen for us. And we're excited, elated. And then we say, God, let me have the steering wheel back. <laughs> let, let, let me get in the driver's seat. I, I, God, I can take you from here. Thank you for doing your part, God. Thank you for helping me out with this situation. But now that you've done that, I, I, I got it from here. We take back over the steering wheel. And we act like it wasn't him that had the steering wheel when we was there crying and waiting. Like it wasn't him that had the steering wheel when we was down and out and nowhere to go. It wasn't him that had the steering wheel when we was on our last leg, on our last limb, about to cry our eyes out, about to lose our mind. He had the steering wheel then just because things get good and a little better. Don't try to take back the steering wheel and crash into the tree. No, no, no. Let him continue to lead. Woo. So, I love this. It said, he who brings the dead back to life is what the verse said. So, the reason watch this, and I'm done after this, y'all. I have to learn how to trust him is because the verse 10 says some things. Uh, he has rescued us from a terrible death is what it says. I have to learn to trust him because he has rescued us from a terrible death. Uh, what did he rescue us from? Eternal damnation. Uh, that, that, that he rescued us 
from having to spend eternity in hell. That there was no way for us to get into heaven. And so Christ came and sacrificed his blood, died for our sins, was obedient to the Father, followed every letter of the law, and then rose from the grave. It was that he rescued us from a ter uh, terrible death, eternal damnation, and he had enough power, watch this, to rescue us from eternal suffering. That's no break. That's suffering for eternity. So then I know, watch this, whatever I may face in the future, no matter how big or small, whatever I face in the future, no matter how long it takes or how short it takes, whatever I face in the future, no matter how much pain is inflicted on me, he will rescue me from these temporary sufferings on earth. How do I know that? Because he rescued me from eternal sufferings in hell. So if he rescued me from dying and death in hell, then whatever I'm going through on earth, I know people like to say I'm going through hell on earth. No, hell is something you can never think of. It is the worst of the worst. It is whipping of gnashing and teeth. But since he has uh, rescued me from that, then I know he can rescue me from this drama on my job. I know he can rescue me from these problems in my family. I know he can rescue me from these people that might try to hurt me or whatever the case it may be. Whatever is going on on earth, he can rescue me. And I'm sure, is anybody else confident that God will rescue you from your problems? Is anybody else confident that trusts God that says, God, I know I may be suffering right now. God, I know I may be going through. I know I may be crying my eyes out, but weeping may endure for a night. But joy, come on somebody, but joy comes in the morning that we trust you and we are confident, oh God, that whatever we are going through, whatever we are in right now, whatever it may be, you and you alone have the power to rescue us. Wow. Woo. Thank you, Lord. I pray today this message has touched your heart and hoping you can find some real comfort in Christ. I, I don't know where you are in your relationship. Maybe you're in a season where, where, where you realize some of the, a lot of these problems I'm going through have been self-inflicted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get upset with God, but if I'm really honest with myself, I made a lot of bad decisions. And I, didn't even, I didn't even pray before I made them. I didn't even invite God into my decision-making process. So because I didn't do that, I might be dealing with some stuff right now. And I need God to begin to fix me and rebuild me and rescue me and help me out of the suffering. Or, or maybe you in a sense of someone who is experiencing some pain right now you're dealing with because of somebody else's sin. Somebody else has inflicted pain on you and some suffering you're going through right now because something someone else did and you letting your heart get cold, you letting your heart get bitter, you're getting angry and you're not letting God work on your heart to help you to forgive that person so you can move on and provide you some comfort. You have no peace because you're so mad at what somebody did to you. You have no peace because you're upset. And maybe it's the person that, 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 that loves God and is doing gospel work. And maybe some of your sufferings come because the enemy is mad that you're leading people to Christ. Because the enemy is mad that you're leading people, that you're doing the work of the Lord, that you are trying to get as many saved and as many to know him as possible. But maybe that is why some of the suffering is going on in your life. But whatever the suffering may be, we need to come to the realization that there's only one who can rescue us from the suffering. If that's you today, it's a number that says text to join. Uh, or, or text to join at the bottom of your screen. Please hit that number. Say today is the day. I need to get my life right with Christ. Right, you, you can message the church, whatever the case it may be, whatever it may be. But if, that, if that's you today, stop playing. Tomorrow will not promise. And you hear that in church all your life. And we hear that, and I don't use it as a scaring point because guess what? I 
can't scare you into heaven. I can't scare you into a relationship with Christ. And if I got to scare you to get saved, if the only reason you want to get saved is because of fear that and not of love, that's not of God. Yeah, you got you, you, you got to be love. It got to be some love. It got to be love leading that thing, not fear. Because the fear is the reason you want to come to Christ because you're scared of hell and you're scared of this and you're scared of that. I'm telling you, that's not enough to keep you. But his love, my God, his love is enough to keep you. His love is enough to hold on to you. His love is enough to wrap his arms around you because he rescues us. But if that is you today, make a decision for Christ today. I wouldn't let another day go by. We seen a tragedy in Indianapolis that was horrific, horrific. And so many people, eight people lost their lives for literally nothing. And nobody that got up to go to work that day, my God, thought that was going to happen to them at job. That they were in a safe place. And living in this world, we should know ain't nothing safe. The only thing that is safe that can rescue us is the one who is Jesus the Christ, who rescued us from eternal suffering. So if you need to be rescued, you need to be saved today. Let today be your day. Let me pray for you real quick. Dear Lord, we thank you, God, for all those who are watching, all those, oh God, who are in the decision-making process, those who are going through right now and thinking this thing out. I pray, oh God, you touch their hearts and minds right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. As you continue to let your perfect work work in them and through them, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. I'm believing to you, believing, oh God, right now. Somebody somewhere, oh God, on this live or maybe watching a replay, oh God, will say, today is the day I'm giving my life to Christ. Today is the day I'm making a decision to move forward in the things of God. No longer will I let my own personal self sins keep me back. No longer will I let the sins of others keep me back. No, I am fighting for my life and my soul and I'm going to give it all to God so he can lead me and guide me and I can trust in him to do everything he desires to do through me and for me, oh God. So I believe that right now, God. I pray, oh God, and trust that right now, God, that someone is repenting for their sins. Someone, oh God, is saying today is the day. If they are saved, they're making a commitment to be committed to Christ wholeheartedly, no more half-heartedly, but committed to him, his way, his will, his word. It is in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. But God bless you. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed the praise and worship. I hope you enjoyed the word today and it spoke to you in your heart and your mind today. Amen. Uh, as I've been doing and I will continue, uh, we're going to do offering again. There's people log on at different times and God says, uh, he told me, uh, make sure you do it again because you never know who this word might bless. You never know who logged on late. Amen. So at this time, uh, it should be a number of texts to give in our cash app as well. Either one. Um, if you, anyone that's ready to pay their tithes or their offering, whatever it may be today, um, at this time you can do so. I also want to pray over that for people that give their offering later. I want to pray a blessing over that. But we thank you to uh, New Creation Church, my 90-day uh, tithing challengers. I appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for taking on uh, the seriousness of God and say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. Amen. That, that I'm going to trust you. You're the source, so I'm going to trust you with my resources. Amen. So we thank you all for who are committed to the 90-day tithing challenge. And thank you all for anyone who has given anything because you don't have to. We appreciate you all. I'm going to ask God to bless it. Uh, everyone's offering today. So dear Lord, we thank you for every tithe and every offering, oh God. We thank you, oh God. I ask, oh God, you continue to bless them, oh God, for you sending your word, which you will do, oh God, for, uh, when we bring the tithe and the offering to your house, that you will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that we may not have room enough to receive. We believe it to be big. We believe it to come in all shapes, uh, forms, and, and sizes, oh God, financially, oh God, uh, prosperity, oh God, in health, in our peace, just in our life as a whole, God. We believe those seeds sown, oh God, 
God will come forth back mighty in our lives and be uh, and be used, oh God, mightily, oh God, for this church and for the up be a building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So thank you for your tithes and your offering as well. Real quick, uh, we do do prayer. Uh, those that are on the page, you can, if you like the page and follow our page, you'll get a notification for every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do do noon prayer, so please jump on. Uh, if you got any prayer requests, you can jump on and, and put them on there as well while I'm praying. But we, I encourage you to be uh, come and join us as we pray throughout the week. But other than that, we love you. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you guys again next week. So be encouraged in the Lord. Know that there is comfort in Christ in the midst of your suffering. Take care. Be blessed. Pastor George Lady Thomas, and we'll see you guys next week.